Hey guys, welcome back to the Camp Kids Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Bob, and today we are meeting one of my friends, Taffy. Taffy and I met a while ago, back in 2014, when I came up to her home camp, Camp Sacagawea in Iowa. And since then, we've been able to keep in contact, and I've been able to watch her on her adventures to traveling to different camps around the United States. She's had an opportunity to work at a lot of different Girl Scout camps and talks about her experiences at all of them, and most recently, her experiences at her camp in San Diego. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this interview with Taffy. Taffy! Hello, Joe Bob! Oh my goodness, how are you? I'm doing so good. I'm so excited to talk with you. Oh, I'm so excited to be in community with you too. Let's go ahead and dive in. First off, welcome to the Camp Kids Podcast. I'm so glad that you're here and that we get to learn from you and hear all about your camp experiences. So let's start from the very beginning. Talk to us about where you went to camp growing up, with what organizations. Okay, I started going to camp as a Girl Scout in fourth or fifth grade. I started Girl Scouting when I was a brownie, so second grade. But I went to camp for a couple of years. I loved it. I went with my childhood best friend. She's kind of the one who got me into Girl Scouting to begin with. Her mom was our troop leader. It was so much fun. I went to camp for a couple of years and then it was my mom who found in the camp brochure that positions were open and available to apply and work at camp. So at age 14 was when at the time you could work at camp um, as kitchen staff. So I started as kitchen staff um, at my home camp, Camp Sacagawea in Boone, Iowa. And from there, I just worked summer. I loved it so much. I started as kitchen staff. I then moved to junior counselor. I moved to arts and crafts director. I was a unit leader. I moved my way up to program director. And since then, I've done a couple other camps after that. So I went to a camp in Louisiana. I've been to camps in Montana and Wyoming. And then in the most recent years, I've been at a camp in San Diego, California. So this summer will be my 17th camp season, which is really exciting. Wow. Like 17th camp season working at summer camp or in total? Just working. I'm not for sure exactly how many seasons. I know I began going to camp in fourth grade, but I couldn't tell you if I went every summer from fourth grade to 14, but I know I definitely went to a lot of camps. So, Oh, wow. That's incredible. My home camps had like this incentive program for how many weeks that you've gone to camp. And so everyone from back home would be like, this is my 52nd week at camp or like something like that. (laughs) So it's like, oh my gosh, 17 summers though. That uh, such a long time. Now, have you done 17 summers consecutively or have you taken any time off? No, all 17 in a row. There was one summer I had decided I wasn't coming to camp. My grandma, she works at the local water park, and she's like, you should come and be a lifeguard. And so I was like, okay. And I went through the lifeguard training and everything until I got a phone call from a camp friend from the previous summer. They were in a bind and they needed help. Um, So I was like, okay, I'll come. (laughs) And so I ended up doing that for the summer. Oh, I've definitely been in that situation before where people are like, hey, you're not doing anything. Um, (laughs) You, we can use you here. So... That's that's very cool. All of your camp experience so far has been with Girl Scout camps. Is that correct? 
Yes. Yep. I've been to a few different councils. Or I know your camp name and how to spell it, but would you mind sharing what your camp name is, how you spell it, and the story behind it, please? A couple of summers in, I was on the admin team and our names, the four of us, our names spelled C-A-M-T instead of camp. And so they're like, you need to change your name. And I was like, ah, guys, I've been Taffy for so long. How can I change my name now? And they're like, you can be Petunia. You can be this. You can be that. I was like, no, no, no. And so the compromise was just I would add a silent P to my name. I was like, it's like pterodactyl. It'll be great. And so it became the running joke that whole summer that everybody would be like, hey, Pataffy. And I would like pretend to be mad and like, it, the P is silent. And it just became like a funny thing. And after that, the P just really stuck. And that's now part of my signature. And now it's P Taffy with the silent P. <laughs> Oh my goodness. I love that so much. Oh, and I love your name. It fits you super well. Oh, thank you. I feel like with, with camp names, there's always like, sometimes when you work in camps for so long, there's always repeat names and there's always like really, really popular names. And so far I've never met another Taffy. So that's kind of cool. That is pretty cool. Well, my third question is keeps you coming back to camp. I think it's something that I didn't quite know what the name of it was, something called Camp Magic. Camp Magic is just those people you meet at camp, the memories you make at camp, things that you learn, the all of the like fun parts of camp. That is what Camp Magic is, and that's what keeps me coming back for more. It's just, you know, you see Camp Magic happen for others, make a bullseye at archery for the first time, and you can see it when campers are like staying up really past their bedtime and giggling in their cabins. Like I still have moments like that where I'm surrounded by people and we're just, it's that memory. And it's like, I'm going to remember. Like, I think that's what really made those camps magic moments at camp. I love camp magic and I definitely have experienced it. And that's definitely what I miss the most when I think about my camp experiences. My next question is, who were some people from camp that inspired you and what did they do to do that? People from camp that inspired me are definitely the counselors that I had when I was a camper. You know, we talk about this a lot when we have our staff trainings at the beginning of the summer is that people can really make a camp experience beautiful or it can really break it, unfortunately. But like, I still remember the counselors when I had and like, I, I love seeing campers um, you know, years later, and they're like, oh my gosh, you're like 10 years older than the last time I've seen you. But, and it's such a good thing to like catch up and see how much they've grown. And like, for me being at camp for so long, I was able to watch campers, you know, go from fourth grade to eighth grade to now becoming a counselor and training to becoming staff. Like that's always just really beautiful to watch too. My next question is, what is the most important lesson that you've learned from camp? My gosh, camp has taught me so many lessons. I think everybody needs to work at a camp because the amount of things that camp has taught me 
is so vast. <laughs> like camp has truly taught me patience. It's taught me flexibility. It's taught me to not sweat the small stuff. It's definitely taught me group management, which helps, you know, working at a school. I think camp, it, it's such a place where it's an opportunity to grow for your for yourself. It's another reason why I just love being at camp because it allows you to learn and grow and continue to do those things no matter how many years you keep going to camp. My next question is, what is your funniest camp story? It was a prank. There were no campers involved. I should preface this. It was between staff. It was a prank. And over a weekend, some counselors had decided to watch the Blair Witch Project. Now, I've never seen the Blair Witch Project, and my mother was told me not to watch it if I ever planned on working at camp for as long as I have. So I've just kind of had it on my no watch list uh, because it's, it's meant to be a scary movie in the woods, you know? And um, so some yes. counselors decided to watch that over the weekend. And um, the next week, we had a group of counselors think it would be super fun to prank the people that watched it. Um, and so they were, you know, put sheets over their head and they um, like would knock on our cabin and like hide. And oh my gosh, it was the most funniest thing because the people in my cabin were scared, like not truly, truly scared. Like they knew like something was going on, but the amount of hilarious going on in the cabin while they were trying to figure out what was going on was hysterical. Me and the other counselor who did not watch the movie were just laughing. They're like, I can't sleep here tonight. I'm going to have to sleep in the middle of the cabin standing up like astronauts. And I'm like, the amount of ridiculousness that was happening. So they opened up the flap of the tent of the of the door. And there is our a counselor just there with a sheet over their head. And they're like, oh my gosh. And we're just laughing on the floor hysterically. They run off, they jump on the golf cart, run away. And then later that night, you know, we're all laughing now. We know who it is. We know it was all in good fun. Later that night, we hear on the radio, who is pranking us? There's somebody out here. And then we sleepily get on the radio. Don't worry. It's just Kai, the counselor who is pranking everybody. But oh my goodness, I laughed so hard that night. It was so fun. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. So I've got to ask, since you bring up pranking and stuff, at your camp that you're working at now, are you guys allowed to do pranks? What do you guys kind of do in good faith and good fun in that realm? My home camp, we had like a specific week that was kind of deemed prank week. And of course, we had rules we had to follow and all of that. And so it was all in very good fun. But at the camp that I work at right now, pranking is not necessarily off the table, but it's not really like put out there for people to do. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I guess it, maybe it could be. It could, we could make a prank week at the camp that we have now. They're a lot more like community focused and being giving and they, they do a lot of like um, showing love and like showing kindness. And so even though pranks can be fun, they can also be a little crazy. So I imagine um, those kind of pranks would maybe not work at the camp that I'm working at now. <laughs> That's very interesting that you say that. I grew up at a couple of facilities, one that heavily did pranks. And then the other one didn't necessarily do pranking, but 
there was some things that people could voluntarily do to become a part of a group if they wanted to. Um, so, and I mean, that's all in the past and of good fun and everything too, but it's very interesting as you go from camp to camp, how some camps are like heavy into like pranking and that kind of stuff. And how, how you mentioned that the camp that you're at now is just a very different environment. So it can be a part of the camp experience, but it doesn't necessarily have to be a part of every camp experience. So I find that very interesting. So since you've been working at camp for a long time, what are some changes that you've seen during your camp career? Camp evolves just like anything else. The people are different from camp season to camp season, of course. Honestly, what I love to see is when I go back to my home camp every year, I see the, the like new changes. Like we have new units or we have different lodging or one summer we got we got a grant for like a a hammock unit which was so cool and it's one of those things of like I really love going back to camp season after season just to see the awesome changes that happen and a lot of times it can be as simple as like oh my gosh we finally got shoe cubbies yeah I noticed a huge difference just in the way that campers are treated within the last couple of years, I think has moved in a really good direction. And that's more of an outsider's perspective looking in more at this point. But especially with COVID and everything, I've also seen just a big change in that as well. Um, Now you've taught camp through COVID. Can you share some of your experiences with that? Yeah, COVID definitely really hit the camp community pretty hard. You know, obviously, resident camp was or even day camp was no longer an option for that year so for the year of 2020 I was fortunate enough to still have a job with Girl Scouts Um, we ended up doing a virtual camp which is very interesting and it's not to say I didn't like it but I don't think I would ever want to do it again (laughs) we we really tried to incorporate all of the fun traditions and the same atmosphere that you would normally get coming to camp, but it is very hard to transfer that to a computer screen. So what ended up happening is the council that I worked for, Girl Scout San Diego, me and my friend Abe, we were partnered together to work with a specific age group. So we had fourth and fifth graders. And so every week we had a group of kids and they would log on to our website And then we would have them for about three hours a day, Monday through Friday. And so within that time, we're still doing the same, you know, we're singing, we're playing games, we're, you know, doing badge work and fun activities to earn earn their badges. So a lot of that was was pre-planning and getting together with other counselors and other staff who were from the other age groups like what are you doing today like oh we're having a cook-off we're like what how are you having a cook-off on the on virtual camp and so it's just exchanging ideas and really being creative really helped us plan our virtual camp because there was still camp magic moments but it was definitely very different i can only imagine and i commend both you and abe for being able to do that and making it through that experience And I'm like glad that I did it for all my sub plans that I need, but I agree with you. I would never want to go through another year like that again. So no, 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 no. It makes you stronger. That's for sure. (laughs) Oh, it definitely provided me with a whole skill set. I never thought I would ever need or want. (laughs) (laughs) When I first met you, you were a program director And it sounds to me like that has been a role that you've had for a while. How many different seasons have you been involved with programming and at how many different camps? I went to 
Louisiana, where I was assistant camp director. But in all honesty, Louisiana was only a two-person admin. It was me and Abe. <laughs> Abe was the camp director. And so therefore, I took on more of a program role in that camp. So it was, I was really kind of a program director that year too. And then the year after that was Montana, Wyoming. And so there was a lot of programming happening, happening in there because there wasn't necessarily a program director. Uh, we just had three assistant camp directors. And so each of us kind of divvied up those roles. Hmm. And then I've been program director at my camp that I'm at right now in San Diego for the last four summers. This will be my fifth summer. I truly can say that program director is probably my favorite position that I've found in Girl Scouting and in camping world. Um, I, I love program director. I, can, I don't know how to explain it, but you get to do like all the fun things. You get to do, you plan all camps and you do, you lead campfires and it's, it's one of the most enjoyable positions that I've had. That's awesome. Have you spent all of your camp experience working at camp with Abe or has there been some summers where you both have worked at separate camps? So I started in 2006. Abe has worked at Sacagawea longer than me. She started before me, but we really didn't become like good, good friends until, I don't know, three or four years into it into me being at camp. And so there were two summers that we did not work together at all. She ended up going to some private camps and a different Girl Scout camp and a different council. So there was two summers, 2016 and 2017, to, I went back to my home camp for two camp seasons. Okay, very cool. I remember meeting you when I went to Camp Sacagawea for the first time. And I remember there was one day where it rained and we weren't able to go swimming. And you had pulled pool noodles and pool toys and brought them to the dining hall and turned up the music. And we're like, okay, we're going to have a pool party. <laughs> and then afterwards you had, we couldn't do all camp. And, and I don't know if you had pre-planned this or if you just pivoted super well, but you had then created this huge board and jeopardy for the whole camp to be able to do. And I was like, oh my gosh, like how incredible. I would have never thought of outside the box to be able to do something like that. So clearly you have a love for programming and you can do it super well and you can think super quick on your feet. But I just wanted to know, what do you think is the best like program, whether it be an all camp or a session? What's the best program that you've planned? I have planned a lot. And like I said, camp has definitely taught me to be flexible and just be creative and go with it. So sometimes that ends up what happens. Some of my all camps were really fun. I did a giant candy land one year. That was super cool. Um, I do love all camps. All camps can be very time consuming and setting up. So sometimes it is difficult to put an all camp together. Unfortunately, I've, I've been able to have quite a few years to kind of bulk up my my knowledge of what an all camp needs to be successful. I honestly think though my favorite part of being program director and well my favorite part of being at camp and like camp activity wise is probably campfires. There's just something about campfires. You know, you get that really good like warm and fuzzy feeling at campfires and you're singing all the songs and that's really where like your community like comes together. Like you're all sitting around the bench, you're all sitting around the campfire. I think that's probably my favorite program. Yeah, it was telling me a little bit about the campfires that you guys have out at San Diego um, and they sound very magical. I 
I'm just dying to come out and experience one myself <laughs> where you guys are in charge of it as well. So that's awesome. Uh, yeah, one thing that is really fun about San Diego is that they have a camp mascot. His name is Rusty. He's a raccoon. <gasps> and so Rusty has a really big part in all of our campfires. And oh my gosh, the campers love Rusty. And then our other camp sister friends, um, they all have mascots as well. And so within the last two years, our sister camp has been closed. And so their mascot has miraculously ventured over to Camp Wanaka as well. So we've had Rusty the raccoon, and we've also had Chewy the squirrel. And like I said, it's, it's great fun. The kids really love interacting with them and asking them questions. And it's a whole thing. Oh my goodness. That sounds incredible. Oh, I want to meet Rusty. That is so brilliant to have. A mascot for camp like my home camp we've had like the legend of the tajar and like we would use the tajar story and you know tajar treasure hunts and stuff like that but the tajar you never really see um that's how the story goes whereas for you know this camp it was really really cool because obviously rusty has been around for a long time and it's a very much a winaka tradition to have rusty paraphernalia with like rusty on it as well or is he just kind of like just for the campfire the san diego uses their mascots and a lot of their marketing i mean i would love to have a rusty like t-shirt that would be amazing <laughs> i think that's your guys's next step <laughs> yeah i'll have to pitch <laughs> that to get one. some some merch get that sold i don't know if you guys do like a trading post or anything like that be like you know it would sell like hotcakes raccoons <laughs> <laughs> yeah and well, just put a little name tag on and call them rusty <laughs> yeah at camp we don't have a trading post mostly because the kids get bust there and so therefore like a lot of the money stays with the parents or with the guardians but we do have a, a store at the council office in san diego and i think they have like stuffed animals there and they have the patches obviously but i yeah they don't have i wish they had more i wish they had more rusty uh, merchandise. Yeah. That's very interesting that you don't have a trading post that brings a whole different type of camp experience. Um, I know. I'm used to having a trading post. So, you know, my home camp always had a trading post, whether it be you can go during the week when you're at camp or maybe the last couple of years that I was at Sacagawea, it was just open on like opening and closing days. So only parents and guardians were able to take their, their campers to the trading post, which was kind of nice because then you're not juggling with money and like campers losing money. So I will say that was kind of a, a fortunate thing that happened. <laughs> I have pros and cons um, with trading posts, especially when they like offer food and like kids can buy food. <laughs> <laughs> that yeah, always turns into that nightmare. Too, where it's like ice cream galore and then you just find ice cream wrappers all over camp speaking of raccoons so you just sparked a memory of mine i remember the year on the camp t-shirt that year there was a raccoon see his name was ricky the raccoon and anytime <laughs> something bad happened at camp and it like we kept this going for like years it was like oh that was Ricky the raccoon going through the garbage can again. Or, oh, Ricky the raccoon <laughs> forgot to close the gate. Like, how dare you, Ricky? But we didn't use him, like, necessarily in the sense that you did. It was just, there's a raccoon on the shirt, and his name's Ricky, and he's going to be the cause of all of our problems that we have. <laughs> he's like the scapegoat. <laughs> yeah, he was the scapegoat. <laughs> 
Oh man. You had also mentioned speaking of folklore, you mentioned like the Tajar. Do you guys have the Tajar at your new camp or do you guys have your own type of folklore that you do? I have the Tajar book and sometimes I'll break that out if I end up like helping a cabin get to sleep or whatnot. But the Tajar isn't as big of a thing out in San Diego, mostly because they really, really star on their mascots. Um, I mean, they're, they have a whole story and a whole legend about Rusty and how he came to camp and, you know, he eats oh, the camp pizza. It's a whole thing. So for the most part, ta- the Tajar isn't as big of a, a camp device that we use at San Diego. But when I was program director at Sacagawea, we definitely used it as like writing home instead of writing home to maybe, you know, mom or grandma. It was you could write to the Tajar and the Tajar could write back to you. So that was really fun. That's awesome. Yeah, I remember the first summer Um, that me and my friends came up to Camp Sacagawea and we learned about the Tajar and we immediately started doing it at Mm -hmm. our camp. And it was just, especially from the administrative side of things, it just, it helps manage a lot of camper comforts. I would Mm -hmm. say a lot easier. And I know that every summer that I've gone gone up to Sacagawea just for like a week or two, I've always written the Tajar. That's like the first thing that I do (laughs) on the first night is I always write the Tajar. You have to. Yes. That's one of my favorite things to do. What do you do in the real world when you're not um, going to summer camp? I work at a high school um, here in Iowa, very rural, very small school. I've worked here for the last eight years. Um, I was a paraeducator. And then just recently in January, the beginning of January, I, I was able to get into the secretarial side of a school education. So now I'm the high school secretary. And I'm also the SAM, which is school administrative manager. I'm saying the SAM. And I also do the yearbook. I'm the yearbook advisor. I've done that. Last year was my first year doing that. So that has really become a really fun thing to do. And I get to still see, you know, all my yearbook kids and we meet up. We try to meet up once every two weeks and we put the yearbook together and it's really fun. Yeah, I can definitely tell you work at a smaller school because you're like, and I wear this hat and I do this thing <laughs> and I also do this <laughs> as well. And it's all one job. <laughs> yep. Uh, well, definitely working in a small school, you have to wear many, many hats. My next question is, if you could bring anything from camp into your everyday life, what would it be? I think I would bring the supportive atmosphere. There's nothing else quite like it anywhere else that, or at least that I work camp, you know, for Girl Scouts anyway, there's the mission, right? That's building girls of courage, confidence, and character and making the world a better place. And that is something that we take into consideration every day. And so making the world a better place by practicing how we can be kind to our friends and how we can help the earth by picking up you know, our trash and putting it in a trash can. There's just so many little lessons that we incorporate into the day-to-day life that goes along with that mission. Whereas, you know, there, there are companies and there are employers that have missions, but they don't really like incorporate it as much as camp does. And so the, the atmosphere that, you know, the counselors and the admin and just the camp staff create around making the world a better place. Everybody is a part of that mission and everybody takes a little bit every day to be sure that we are 
contributing to that mission. And I think that is really special and something that I don't see it anywhere else, you know? And so that atmosphere, that inclusiveness, there's just, there truly is nothing like it. And I think the Girl Scouts do a really good job of ensuring that that happens all around the country. I mean, you would know better than me, but you can go, it seems like from facility to facility, and there's still that sense of we're carrying this mission through. Would you say that yourself? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's it's so like the whole foundation is is held up by that vision, by that mission statement. It's definitely it's admirable because obviously making the world a better place, there's nothing wrong with that. And like building, you know, courage and confidence and character and and young kids, like nobody can like argue with that. <laughs> nope. You sure can't. My next question is, if you could change one thing about your camp experience, what would it be? Um, I, I know, like our, me and Abe, when we set out to, you know, branch out from our home camp, we had decided that we want to go places we've never been to before. So we went south, we went to Louisiana, we went west, we went to Montana, Wyoming, and then later California. I would love to go east. <laughs> I, I would love to explore, you know, the eastern seaboard of our country. And then I would also really love to try an international camp. I mean, for the most part, you know, learning from internationals that I've worked with, there aren't like a camping community like the ones in the United States. But I would so love to be able to go to a camp somewhere else and kind of be like their international. Um, I think that would be really cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Those are some awesome camp goals. And I am excited to watch you and see everything that you're able to achieve and do. So the next few questions that I have are more of like a quick fire, simple answer questions. So my first one of those is what is your favorite camp song? There's like the classics. There's like Linger and Barges. But I feel like if I'm signing up for a camp song on the campfire sign up list sheet, I'm probably going to do Edelweiss. It's from like Sound of Music, Edelweiss. Yeah. I love that song because number one, you can sing it in the cabin at night trying to put your campers to sleep because it's very soft and lulling. But you can also sing it at campfire and there are hand motions that go along with it that just tend to cause chaos. (laughs) (laughs) And watching it from like on the other side of of the campfire and watching everybody kind of just laugh and struggle and try to keep up with the hand motions is pretty hilarious to me. But yeah, I would probably say Edelweiss is one of my favorite camp songs. I love that one too. I hadn't heard it as a camp song until I went to Camp Sacagawea. Was it already at your camp in San Diego? Did you guys bring that one to those camps? That I know of. I think we probably brought that one. Oh, very cool. Do you mind singing a little bit of Edelweiss for us? Sure. I would love to. Edelweiss, Edelweiss, every morning you greet me, small and white, clean and bright, you look happy to meet me, blossom of snow, may you bloom and grow, bloom and grow forever. Edelweiss, Edelweiss, bless my homeland forever. 
Thank you so much. Oh, I love that song. And as you were singing it, I was imagining those hand motions. I was like, oh my gosh, (laughs) I love it so much. Now, I can't remember if our paths had crossed at camp when I was singing the Grace version of that song. Oh, I don't think so. Oh my goodness. So I definitely sang it all the time when I was at Camp Secretaria in 2021. But instead of Edelweiss, it's Cheerios. Oh. Cheerios. Cheerios. Oh my gosh, that is so cute. Oh yeah. No, it's great. There are so many good ones. There's nothing like a camp cooked meal. This isn't really a meal, but I, working in the kitchen as kitchen staff, I remember I loved making rainbow bread. Um, my first tr- two years at Camp Sacagawea, we had these most amazing cooks. Shout out to Cookie and Tutu and Donut. They would make homemade bread like once a week. And it was the most delicious thing you ever had in your life. But what was fun was that, you know, instead of just normal bread, they would let us make it like multicolored. So we would, you know, divide it all up and rub um, food coloring into it. And so as kitchen staff, we got to help with that. And so then, you know, you put it all together and you bake it and it's just this really bright and beautiful multicolored bread. And oh, it was so good. So good. Oh my gosh. That sounds incredible. I used to make in college rainbow cupcakes. Anything rainbow is pretty. And tie-dye. I mean, feels like that. Oh, I love (laughs) tie-dye. So, um, Speaking of tie-dye, I know that that was a big camp tradition at a lot of different camps to wear tie-dye. What is your favorite camp tradition? I really love the tradition. It's not a tradition that necessarily has like really stemmed from any of the camps that I have worked with, but I do know of people who have done this tradition. It's, you know, ashes from a campfire. For every campfire you go to, you take a little bit of ashes and you put it in a container. And then the next campfire you go to, you throw in those ashes it all mixes together and then you have a new jar of ashes. And that's just kind of like a little path of where all of you you've been for campfires. I guess in Montana, Wyoming, we had to put ashes in um, little like film containers for every camper. That was really fun to do on the morning of everybody leaving. But I do know some people, they would really take that seriously and they would bring their own jar of ashes and while I have not actually done it myself I do have ashes from different campfires just stored away in my camp box definitely need to spread this podcast and let people know like hey this is is the new thing to do like save your ashes get a special jar let's make this happen that's awesome that's really cool so who should I interview next I know you've had some good ones told to you already I know like Marvel would be really cool although she's quite busy I'm not sure how you're gonna get a hold of her and then also I think you have to get a hold of Rafiki she she is so amazing she's the camp director at Camp Sacagawea but she also has ties to the other two Girl Scout camps within that castle So I think she would be a really good one. My next question for you is, what do you miss the most from camp? I miss the people. Because even though there are some people that will come to work at camp for one summer, there are some people, you know, who work in so many years, I haven't seen them in so long. And it's it's really hard to stay in touch with some people because of distance or because of circumstances. I wish we had like annual camp reunions because... There are just some people I wish I could 
better stay in touch with. I completely agree. I don't know about how it is for Camp SAC, but I know with my home camp, we had just tried to do a reunion. Um, Granted, it was in like January, but we couldn't even do it in person because too many people were getting sick. And so we eventually just did it over Zoom. But yeah, it's really hard to get people together anymore. Have you ever been like a part of a camp reunion in the past? An auction? They would invite like donors mostly, people who would, you know, help fund camp. But then also, you know, old staff members and all that, they would all come and we would do an auction. Uh, But that's like during camp. I know Sacagawea, they also do like a, a throwback camp which I would love to participate in, except for they do it during their camp season. And therefore I'm still at camp during that time. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to get everybody together. I've thrown reunions before, which have been incredible. My favorite time to throw um, a camp reunion is during the holidays, because that's one thing that you don't ever get during the camp season. And so like, I have like ornaments that we made and we made like Christmas cookies that had to be, you know, like, vegetarian, vegan, gluten-free, and peanut-free. <laughs> Being at camp, like, during the winter and, like, seeing the camp with snow and, like, stuff like that. People have time off during that time of year. And it just, it worked best when I was in charge to do it, like, right before the holiday season because most people were off at that time but, like, not yet traveling. And it was just a really cool experience to be at camp during that time of year. We need to be better about camp reunions, for sure. Yeah. I agree. So where can people find you if they want to contact you or if they want to follow you? Oh, sure. Um, I'm on Facebook, Samantha Smart. And then I have an Instagram. I don't really use it very much, but it's there. Uh, Great. Well, that is all the questions that I have for you. Was there anything else that you wanted to add? It's been so great to talk to you though, Joe Bob. I love this. Gosh, it's been so great to talk to you. And thank you so, so, so much for doing this. All right, Camp Kids. I hope that you enjoyed that interview with Taffy. Stay tuned next week for another interview with someone who I have not met, but have been met through this camp community through the Camp Kids podcast. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share our podcast. We are rapidly growing. And if you would like to share your experience on the Camp Kids podcast, be sure to send us an email at the Camp Kids podcast at gmail.com. All right, Camp Kids, that's all that I have for you. But remember, this is good night and not goodbye.